You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and the Himalaya Podcast app. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Wednesday, we've got some news on the AD front. We're going to take basically a sole look at that, probably a shorter podcast today, a little bit slow on news, but we've got to talk about this, broken by Shams of The Athletic, some big news there that, hey, David Griffin is listening to offers now for Anthony Davis. Is that really news though. So we'll dive into that and maybe touch on something that happened over in the Philippines with former Pelican player Terrence Jones too. If you haven't seen it, it is quite the show. So today's episode brought to you by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there, do that, get rewarded. So a lot to cover in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. Let's dive right in. So the big news, of course, is being reported by Sham Sharania of The Athletic that, hey, the Pelicans are listening to offers for Anthony Davis. You know, they'd previously been more interested in trying to keep him, but the meeting last Wednesday, not Monday, last Wednesday, had them kind of understanding that he has not changed his mind. He's not going to be changing his mind. So they are going to start looking to move him and start really evaluating the offers. He does say that they have been receiving offers before like this shouldn't come as a huge surprise like I don't know if this is exactly news so much David Griffin was of course listening to offers before this report and before yesterday probably even before his meeting with Anthony Davis he just wasn't going to trade him before his meeting with Anthony Davis now maybe the talks are going to start heating up so this is no huge surprise says between now and the draft teams will continue placing calls into the Pelicans they already have been yeah, and David Griffin was listening, and he just didn't want to move him. So now I think he's starting to kind of realize that it's not changing. You may as well kind of move on from this. You can, of course, keep him through next season, force him to play. You just don't want to do that. Like I don't think there's any negative influence in the locker room, and you'll hear a lot of that because after the trade request this season when he said, hey, you guys, the rest of the team, you're not good enough for me, and I want to go someplace better, they all understood. And he's out there working with Drew Holiday and Frank Jackson and Stanley Sorry, Stanley Johnson right now. So clearly there's no internal issues. It's just the media circus around it is maybe something you want to avoid, particularly with Zion Williamson coming in. But I don't think it would necessarily be a negative influence, the the act of this trade request and the ongoing process of that itself on Zion Williamson or this team next year. Still though, yeah, something you definitely want to avoid. So look for this to get done sooner rather than later. Shams goes on to say that across the NBA, rival executives believe the following teams will be able to compile the best packages, the Los Angeles Lakers, the New York Knicks, the Boston Celtics, and the Brooklyn Nets. AD's preferred destinations list of the four teams includes the Lakers, Knicks, Clippers, um, and hopefully it means that those teams make stronger runs knowing that they have a better chance of re-signing Anthony Davis long term. 
Again, none of this is a surprise. The Lakers, uh, you know, want to get AD. They're going to keep making a run at AD. We know the Knicks are interested. We know the Celtics have been thirsting for AD for years now. You know, we, we got we went over the Boston package on Monday with John Krause of Locked On Celtics after we made a fake trade in our Locked On NBA mock draft. I think that package is probably the best. And in the next segment, we'll kind of talk about the packages here, but this kind of sets the stage for everything. So this is kind of what it is. We're really making greater strides than maybe before to a move being done, but obviously he was going to be traded. There's no huge surprise that this is coming at any point in time. So we know it's coming. We'll see when it does. But what are some of the best offers or what are the Pelicans really going to be looking for now? Or what do I want to see in a package for AD? So before we get to that, thanks to Untuck It for sponsoring Locked On Pelicans. If you're looking for a great Father's Day idea, their shirts are specifically designed to look great untucked and feel comfortable at work or on the weekend. No tucking or tailoring required. Go to untuckit.com and use the promo code NBA for 20% off. And don't forget, download the Himalaya podcast app and subscribe to Locked On Pelicans. It's got every podcast or show you're looking for, as well as personally curated playlists by their group of expert teams makers to recommend new shows for you to listen to. There is a lot of podcasts out there. Himalaya makes it easier to find things that you want to listen to. So go to your app store, download Himalaya today and subscribe to Locked on Pelicans. So trade packages. We looked at the Boston one that I think is a realistic offer on Monday with John Corrales. I know people want Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum in this. I just don't know if you're actually going to get both. Maybe, and you try for that, and if they offer both, you certainly take that deal, but I don't know if it's the most realistic offer. So John and I kind of settled on what we think is a reasonable, realistic offer from the Celtics. We've looked at some of the other ones too, and we dove into a few of those there. The Clippers had a pretty compelling offer. The Knicks had an offer out there. Portland, who, you know, they're not linked to AD right now, so you don't really need to dive into that other than the fake trade scenario. Um, and then the new uh, uh, New York Nets that like, I, or sorry, the Brooklyn Nets, which I just don't get. And maybe I'll rant about in a second here. You know, Boston, is, I think, is clearly the front runner in this. And if you go back to what uh, David Griffin said when he was working with NBA TV and Sirius Satellite Radio saying, you want a star player, you want some role players, you want future draft capital. Boston kind of has the best mix of that. And it kind of tears down from there. Then maybe it is the Lakers in second position with, kind of Ingram as the centerpiece. You get the number four overall pick in this upcoming draft, though there's a huge drop-off between three and four. And you can get some other future picks that at least have a lot of value too. The Knicks are offering the third pick and presumably RJ Barrett. And if you're really high on Barrett, then yeah, you can build the package around that. But the rest of it's kind of lackluster. The future picks from Dallas aren't going to be good if things kind of progress with Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis there. And whatever other moves they might make to bring in some big name free agents. So that's not as appealing, you know, when you're kind of starting to evaluate all of this. One thing I do want to say is the role player part of that equation is not something I really care about or I'm really concerned about. You just want to get the best assets possible. And if you're not really looking to make a deep playoff run next year, like those role players, while nice to get and have, maybe Marcus Smart is one, but he's probably a little bit better than that, is... 
I, I just who cares? Like, if you get an offer that doesn't have role players in it or the role players you like, I don't know if you stay, say no to that offer if it has the draft picks you want and the star player that you want. I think those are the two most important factors, probably with the player being the most important and not kind of the other like tertiary things, um, tangential things kind of associated with a package. So, you know, if you get role players and maybe you can flip them for future assets down the line or maybe at the trade deadline next year, yeah, that's pretty good. And I think you'd feel happy about that kind of offer. I think, as I said on the podcast, I think you can move Marcus Smart in the future to a team that's desperate for some point guard help or better looking or desperate for some more defense. I don't know if you can do that with some of the guys on, say, the Brooklyn Nets or any of the stuff coming from the New York Knicks. You know, Dennis Smith Jr. might have some value, but not a ton. Um, Kevin Knox isn't going to have much. Mitchell Robinson will have some, but again, rookie guys that played decently well, but weren't, you know, lights out type of players. So I don't know if you can get much of a return on those guys necessarily. As for the Nets package, I, I'll be honest, I just straight up don't get this. I was unlocked on NBA today when we were talking about this, and none of it's appealing to me. Look, I, I get that Karis Levert was really the like hipster MVP for the first, I don't know, uh, eighth quarter of the season before his pretty scary injury that he bounced back from. It's a dude who averaged 13-something points per game, and get you some, gets you a number of assists, gets you a number of rebounds, but like that's the centerpiece player in that deal, and like I'm just not too excited about that. Um, same thing for Jared Allen. Jared Allen can get you 12-8, and 12-9 on a nightly basis, but I guarantee you can kind of find a lot of guys who can do that for you. And then some of the role players, Joe Harris, Spencer Dinwiddie, all of those guys need contract new contracts in like two years, one or two years. That's going to mean you're going to have to pay them a lot to keep them here because you don't want to kind of have it be a sunk cost, even though it is, um, you know, like Eric Gordon was in the Chris Paul trade. So you're going to pay these guys a little bit too much to really keep them here. And you kind of lose a lot of the flexibility you would get with guys on, say, rookie deals or younger guys that aren't coming up for contracts in the foreseeable future. A guy like, you know, Jason Tatum gives you two years before you need to worry about that. You know, that's appealing to me. And I just don't see it with the Nets. Also, the other stuff that gets thrown in there is just all garbage. They're G League guys or guys that haven't played in the NBA. And I don't know why like those matter or you're even considering those in an offer. So I do not. I'm just straight up saying I don't understand the Nets offer. You're not really going to be able to convince me of the Nets offer either. And I think people are trying to put too many like connect dots that don't need to be connected between Trajan Langdon and the Brooklyn Nets. So I'm not high on that offer as well. Like I really, when I look at Boston compared to the rest of the teams, you know, the Clippers come probably the closest, I think. But it also, if you don't like Shai Gilgis Alexander, then that deal isn't that intriguing. And either it seems like people are really split on him. Either you really like him or you're like, eh, whatever. You know, if he had been in here for another year and he had two years of that body of work, you'd really start to buy in. But I don't know. And he's still kind of a big question mark. And if that's the centerpiece of an Anthony Davis trade, Jason Tatum's the safer thing. Hell, Brandon Ingram might be the safer thing. And um, people were kind of digging through old comments from David Griffin yesterday where he seems to maybe like, he seems to maybe like 
Brandon Ingram based off some comments he gave to the Jorge Sedano show out there in LA when he was a television analyst saying, and here's the quote, literally this kid doesn't even have total control of his extremities yet. He's so long, he's got that like that newborn deer lack of core strength. For Kyrie Irving to say that he was a t- uh, was tough defensively for him is a huge statement by Kyrie. And it says a lot about the fact that Brandon Ingram is making big strides in his core strength. Earlier this year, we saw him get blown by like he was nailed to the floor at times against point guards. He's very quickly adjusting. That's a big deal. He's 21 years old. It defies the imagination. How old was Victor Oladipo when he hit for Indiana? And Ingram is way more physically gifted than Oladipo, end quote. It's like, yeah, it's some good praise there, I guess. But also he was like, this dude was not good defensively. So I don't know. You know, he's also on a radio show in Los Angeles. And I can tell you when I'm on the radio in certain places, you kind of just want to be positive for it. Um, And you don't necessarily want to go on and like trash certain players and things. And that could be part of it, too. So I don't know. Maybe he likes Brandon Ingram. And if he does, then their offer might be number two. And you can kind of see building a package around that. Uh, Ingram, say, Lonzo Ball, who's kind of well-liked by some in the Pelicans organization. This was reported by Andrew Lopez of NOLA.com, the Times-Picayune. So there's a lot of ways you can go with this, but I think clearly Boston is the big front runner in my opinion. I'm not putting much stock into the fact that they're kind of not really looking at Anthony Davis anymore. And if they aren't, that's a good way to not get Anthony Davis then. So, you know, I don't know, lose Kyrie Irving and don't get Anthony Davis and you still don't have cap space to do anything. So it doesn't mean you're really going to be a good team next year. And I don't know if... That's the move that they want to try and make. So before we get to the final segment here, today's show is also brought to you by Grip 6 Belts. Ultra lightweight with no holes, no flaps, and it's a great Father's Day gift. I use these. I wear them to work. I wear them out after work. They're really easy. They look good. They're very versatile. They kind of mix and match, and you can just match everything you might have, so you're always going to look sharp. So go to grip6.com slash L-O-C-K-E. That's G-R-I-P, the number 6.com slash L-O-C-K-E for a special offer for Locked on Pelicans listeners. All right, you guys remember Terrence Jones? Whatever happened to that guy? And well, a lot has apparently happened since he's no longer in the NBA. Cut by the Pelicans, signed with the Bucks. Was he cut from there or just not re-signed after the season and no NBA team picked him up? Had a pretty decent run here in New Orleans prior to that DeMarcus Cousins trade, however. But he's playing basketball in the Philippines now. And after what we saw from him the other day when he's making news, and maybe this isn't the type of stuff you want to make news for, He's probably not coming back into the NBA anytime soon. So the story goes, and I just saw the clip of this was sent to it by multiple people um, that, I don't know, he got shoved and then while on the ground getting up against an opposing player, kind of hit him in the balls and then caught him with like an elbow on the guy's bottom jaw and kind of then walked and the guy like crumpled to the ground because that's kind of what happens when you get hit in both of those places, presumably. Um, On the sideline after he's kind of doing a dance, knowing knowing he got away with his cheap shot, And then in the game, he grabs a rebound, is kind of dribbling out, and then a dude runs over and straight up clotheslines him from kind of behind in the throat. It was aggressive. Like, nothing about that was okay or good, despite what he might have done to that dude um, or one of his teammates. I don't know if it was the same guy. So... That happens, and they kind of get in a whole big fight. They're kind of all separated and everything. I'm assuming people were ejected. Then I believe the guy who clotheslined Terrence Jones in the damn throat 
starts doing kind of mimicking the dance that Terrence Jones did. I don't know. It's kind of a little shimmy thing with your arms out, um, like a robot trying to shimmy maybe, but a little bit more elegant than that. And then he's dancing so much, he jumps up on the scores table and still does the dance. His teammates are looking at this dude like, what the hell are you doing? They're trying to pull him down. But he clearly, I think... You know, if you have to pick a winner in all of this, it's probably that dude and not Terrence Jones. And I think after this, you're probably not going to see Terrence Jones in the NBA ever again. Go take a look at the clip if you haven't. That's what Terrence Jones is up to. I'd say nothing good, but at least, you know, maybe no publicity is bad publicity. So that's where Terrence Jones is. And I get asked that every now and then, like, whatever happened to that dude? This is what happened to that dude. This is probably part of the reason now why he's not going to be in the NBA anymore. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Yes, the AD trade talks, I don't know, have commenced. There's no real surprise here, and they'd already been going on. Big thanks to our sponsors, Hotel.com, Untuck It, and Grip Six Belts, as well as the Himalaya podcast app, which is free, super easy to use, and is every single podcast you love and or are searching for, as well as Locked On Pelicans, and you should subscribe to it through that. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow. Thank you.